Hey there, future fans. This week, our vacations don't go as planned. We try to tell a love story, and our dentist really cares about us. It's the week of July 5th, 2019, and this is episode 140 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show this is going to be a short episode i believe because there are only four movies coming out the entire week and it probably has a lot to do with it being the week of july 4th it's a big holiday and uh, you know i think movies do relatively well around this time right it's a federal holiday so a lot of people have it off and maybe people who don't have a lot of time to go see movies go see them. There's usually a big blockbuster this weekend, and as we know, there is one this weekend. So maybe other movies just didn't want to compete. But of course, I've said it before, and here I am saying it again, this time may have been perfect for some, some indie films to come out. Just to offer another movie to watch as... An offering to people who may not like big blockbusters, to people who may not like Marvel or Disney or comic books, to those people who may be buzzkills. Yes, there is not much coming out this week. Uh, there's one big indie movie coming out that's been hyped for a while, but really, I think there could have been more. It would have been a good week for other films. But let us jump into the show with the housekeeping and get this on its way. You are listening to Future Flicks with Billiam. On this show, we do quite a few things. We always start out with a intro, which you already heard. Then we jump into the news. And then we go into the trailer trove. For both of those, those are any new news stories and trailers that have caught my eye since the last episode. I am not perfect, so I do miss them. And if I do miss them, please let me know. We then jump into the movies, which are usually broken up into two categories. Usually that first category is limited releases. Those are any movies that are getting a limited release that did not catch my eye. And next is normally the wide releases and interesting indie section, which is just what it sounds like. Every wide release, no matter how good or bad it looks, and any indie movies that caught my eye. And do keep in mind that I, I use indie as a blanket term for any movie that's not produced by a big studio. Sometimes, even if it's a subsidiary of a big studio, like Fox Searchlight or something, which of course now defunct, but that kind of studio, I will still consider it an indie because it's not under the big label. And also probably didn't get all the big bucks that the movies under the proper label do. But in the limited release section, we talk about the movie, what it's called, who's in it, and what it's about. Then I move on. Sometimes I'll say a couple words about the movie if I have something to say. But other than that, I don't dive too deep into it because I don't think the movie is worthy of me diving too deep. After that, in the wide release and interesting indie section, we do those things too. We tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it. And then I give my thoughts on it. And then I wrap it all up with a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. That score can go anywhere from a zero to those awful, awful films to an 11 for those films that really, really catch my eye and I get, just get me pumped to see it. Just remember, all of my scores, everything I say about the movies is based only on the trailer as I do not get any advanced screenings. I don't get any insider knowledge. And while I wouldn't mind that knowledge, I also don't mind doing the show like this because the trailers are how movies sell themselves to us. And if they can't do that, then I don't think they deserve our money. And I do think that's fair, because you don't need a lot of money to make a good trailer. How many times have you seen a fan-made trailer on YouTube and thought it looked really cool? That person probably didn't have millions of dollars to pump into it. So I look at trailers as the great equalizer. Well, after that, we talk about the question of the week, and then I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. 
That's the flagship podcast, Somewhat Nerdy Radio, as well as Nerds of the Squared Circle. Then also, don't forget about the good friends of the show, the Watch Your Mouth podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let us jump right into the news, and we start with the intro music. Here we go. This just in from Hollywood, the news. All right, everyone, let's start with a story from comicbook.com. Marvel Studio president Kevin Feig, and I'm still going to say it like that until I hear otherwise. I've heard so many different people pronounce it in many different ways. All right, you know, just for shiggles, I Googled it, and there was this interview done with a guy from some YouTube channel called Perception, and apparently he knows him. Uh, Probably not well, but he does know the Marvel Studios president, and he says it's Kevin Feige. So you know what? From this point forward, I will change it to Feige until I hear otherwise. But anyway, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has responded to Samuel L. Jackson and his desire to have Nick Fury sent to Wakanda. He says currently there are no plans for Nick Fury to visit Wakanda, despite Samuel L. Jackson joking that he felt left out when the Avengers Infinity War brought Black Panther into the mix. He says, quote, there hadn't been discussions about it previously from anybody except Sam. What the future holds, who knows? So will we see Nick Fury in Wakanda? Time will tell. In a story from GameSpot, it is projected that Avengers Endgame's re-release will not be enough for it to beat Avatar's worldwide gross. As of this last weekend, which has already seen one week of the Avengers re-release in theaters, there is still a $27 million gap between Avatar and Avengers. This weekend only pulled in $5.5 million in America and $2.3 million from overseas. So with numbers like that for the first week of the re-release, it is not looking good. This next story comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. Bill and Ted Face the Music begins production. I'm recording this episode on Sunday, but production will start Monday with a crew call at 7.30 and the first shot of the movie will begin at 9 a.m. Keanu Reeves has already been spotted on set being a clean-shaven Keanu Reeves. The co-writer of the movie, Ed Solomon, posted a picture of the cast dinner and he was sure to avoid anything that could be a spoiler in the picture. So it probably won't be too long until we start seeing images from behind the scenes. Well, even though Avatar is still holding strong and Avengers Endgame is not looking like it's able to beat it, Uprock reports that, or Uprocks report, that Aladdin is now Will Smith's highest grossing film of his career, beating Independence Day, which has held the top spot since 1996. Oh, I'm so good. I just pulled that year out of my ass and I was right. This next story comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. Neil Blomkamp is behind another RoboCop movie. And this film, titled RoboCop Returns, will feature the suit from the original movie and not the suit from the remake. I know what a lot of you are thinking. Like, why are we doing another RoboCop movie? Well, Apparently, there was a script that was written a few years back by original scriptwriters from from the original RoboCop, a script that was found, and so this new movie is being based off that. Next up, folks, a non-story, but just something a little sad from IndieWire. Apparently, Tom Holland is a bit heartbroken that Gwyneth Paltrow did not remember acting in Spider-Man Homecoming. Come on, Gwyneth Paltrow, get your shit together. Tom Holland is adorable. And seeing that guy sad is nothing I want to see, so just just get it together. Get your sh** together. This next story comes to us from Flickering Myth. Apparently, we now know the title for the new Jumanji movie, and it's called Jumanji The Next Level. And apparently, we are going to see a 2 minute and 30 second trailer attached to Spider-Man Far From Home this very week. Interesting fact that by the time this episode drops on Wednesday, Spider-Man Far From Home Home would have come out already as it's technically released on the 2nd, which Tuesdays are usually a really weird day to release a movie, but they're doing it so it can be out a couple days before the 4th of July weekend. Not weekend, but, you know, the 4th of July, which is on Thursday. So by the time this episode comes out, we'll already know if the Jumanji The Next Level trailer was actually part of the movie. Another story from Flickering Myth. 
it is rumored that Matt Reeves wants Andy Serkis for an unspecified role in his upcoming Batman movie titled The Batman. Whether this is just wishful thinking on Matt Reeves' part or there's an actual plan, time will tell. But, you know, I'm down. Andy Serkis is a fantastic actor. And, you know, it could also be a great way to put in one of the more monstrous villains that Batman has. Since Andy Serkis is such an accomplished CG or, or what do you call it? Motion capture actor. He could be Killer Croc, Man Bat, Clayface. There's, there's anyone he could be. In stupid news from IndieWire, Dave Bautista rejects the idea of starring in the Fast and the Furious franchise, saying, I'd rather do good films. If you've seen anything about this story or looked at any of the clapbacks from the movie-going public, you will see that um, quite a few people brought up facts like he was recently in an Escape Plan sequel. He's in a movie this year about a cop who has to use an Uber, and he's playing opposite a a young kid in a comedy spy movie. So what the f are you talking about, Dave Batista? Let's let's be honest. My Spy and what's the other one? Stuber and movies like that are fun. They're not great movies. They are just fun movies. What is the Fast and the Furious series? A fun movie. It's enjoyable. So Mr. Dave Batista should pull that hoity-toity stick from his ass and realize that he should be lucky to be getting work because he could go the way of so many actors before him and just suddenly fall out of favor with Hollywood and just disappear. Hell, two years ago he was in a kickboxer sequel. Jesus Christ, man. And you know what movie I'm tired of talking about already? Bond 25. In an article from The Guardian, it turns out a man on set was charged with being a creepy creep after it was found that he put a hidden camera in a bathroom. So follow my logic here. Okay, I know that this story hasn't stopped production. No big star was hurt. There's um, there's nothing huge going on besides the fact that we have this pervert. And while that is a big deal, it's not something that's going to affect the movie. But still, how many weeks in a row have I been talking about this movie? How many weeks has been coming up. I said it the last time a story came out. There, There's going to be a tipping point when too much goes wrong, that it can no longer be a good movie no matter what you do. You can get a f***ing time machine and grab Gregory Peck from his prime and nothing would save this movie. The question is, are we at that time yet? Our next story comes to us from comicbook.com. James Gunn has answered a lot of people's odd fears that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was going to be called as Guardians of the Galaxy. Apparently, a lot of people were scared about this and didn't want it to happen. And I'm just curious as to why. Why, why do you so badly not want this? Like, there were tons and tons of people tweeting him about this saying, please don't name it as Guardians of the Galaxy. But why? Why would that be so bad? If if one of you, my dear listeners, if one of you were one of these people that were so against it, tell me why. This isn't a place of judgment. I don't I don't come from a place where I'm going to then just give you a tongue lashing. I really want to know why was this such a bad thing? But the good news is for you, if you are one of them, that there is no plans for this to be called Asgardians of the Galaxy. So James Gunn has said that don't worry, it's not going to be called that. And in an interview he did while making the rounds for Men in Black International, Chris Hemsworth said that while he would love to play Thor again, he would love to be in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He says so far there are no plans. Of course, that doesn't mean Thor is not going to be in it. But the only thing we do know for sure is that it will not be called as Guardians of the Galaxy. Ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news did I miss anything? As always, let me know. But let's not waste any more time and jump into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove. Avast, and welcome to the trailer trove. Yar, avast. I like making pirate noises too. Well, my friends, we have quite a few trailers out. Some, some really big ones, some eh ones and even a shitty one so in no particular order let's start out with the final trailer for Hobbs and Shaw and you know the drill 
You've seen one of these trailers before. You know what's up. You already know if you're going to watch this movie. So all this trailer did was further cement the people who wanted to see this. That's all it did. The people who don't want to see it already knew they didn't want to see it. This trailer was just scenes from all the other trailers recut with a couple new scenes. There's, so there's nothing it could have done to lose anyone. Like by this point, you've been lost if you don't want to see this. And if you do want to see this, then all this is doing is just fueling the fire. And oh my God, I cannot wait. This looks amazing. It looks over the top. It looks stupid and 100% enjoyable. Going back to Dave Bautista saying that he'd rather do good movies instead of the Fast and Furious. This is a Fast and Furious spinoff and The Rock's in it. And The Rock is probably the biggest star we have in Hollywood right now. Everything he touches is golden. He is great. He picks great things to do. So this trailer just looks really good. We see more of Hobbs going back to visit his family. We see more of Roman Reigns in this. We see that Hobbs and his family do a haka before the what is, I'm guessing, the final battle. We see more over-the-top action. What's not to love? Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw comes out August 2nd this year. The next trailer we have is the first of two sequels for kids movies. And this one doesn't look, it doesn't look that bad, but I, I just still don't want to see it. And that first trailer is for the Angry Birds movie 2. In this film, it looks like the birds and the pigs are teaming up against a new enemy. And you, you know what to expect from a film like this. It's a PG rated animated kids film. And I don't think I've seen anything in the first trailer or the trailer for the first movie and the trailer for this one. Anything that would keep me from not taking a kid to it of any age. I mean, I wouldn't take a baby to it unless, of course, you can't you can't get a babysitter for the day because what's a baby really going to get from the theater? The only thing it could possibly do is upset the kid because of the loud noises and all the people that that's really all that's going for it. But for everyone else, if you have a kid that can enjoy movies, and even if you're an adult that just liked the original, this film looks like it's for you. It made me laugh a couple times. I think it looks cute. I just don't think it's good enough for me to see. Maybe one day I'll check it out. Maybe I will. And maybe then I will eat my words. But for now, I'm just saying, eh, skip it. But if you liked the first one, or if you have kids, check out the trailer. It does look cute. This film comes out August 14th, 2019. Next up, we have a trailer for a horror thriller with a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek aspect to it called Ready or Not. This film's poor man's Margot Robbie, a.k.a. Samara Weaving. And I'm sorry, that's mean. She's good. I've liked her what I have seen her in. But that's just me going for the low-hanging fruit of the easy jokes. It also has Andy McDowell, Adam Brody. But the reason you go see this movie isn't for the cast. It's for the ridiculousness of it. And the fact that it just looks enjoyable. This is about a woman on her wedding night and she's being she's meeting the family and apparently there's this ritual they do to introduce everyone into the family where they play a game. She gets to play the game and it's hide or seek. She thinks it's stupid. She just goes and hides, not realizing that their aim is to kill her. And to survive, she has to, well, survive the night. The only person on her side is her husband or soon to be Maybe not, actually. Uh, Soon-to-be husband. So she's stuck in this mansion with these crazy people out to kill her. And it just looks like a lot of fun. This comes out August 23rd this year. The next movie we have to talk about is Cancer Incarnate. That is Trolls World Tour. Originally called Trolls 2, this is a sequel to the 2016 movie, Trolls. And this one is about a new group of trolls who are looking to bring the six strings together or some sh**. And the strings all represent a different type of music. So the one voiced by Anna Kendrick, who is the only good thing about this movie. Okay, that's a lie. The, the cast is something good about this, but they're just in something sh**. So Poppy and the other trolls have to go searching for these strings to keep them safe from these bad guys who want to destroy all types of music except rock. And it just looks like utter garbage. Even if it has people like Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell, Jamie Dornan, Kelly Clarkson, Mary J. Blige, uh, James Corden, Justin Timberlake, Kenan Thompson doing voices. I don't give a flying sh**. 
Matt Damon can do a voice in this and I would never see it. But if you have children that hate you on a personal level and want to make you see this movie, it comes out April 17th next year. Our next trailer, my friends, is for a movie called Midway. This is about the Battle of Midway during World War II fought between the Americans and the Japanese taking place after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And some people believe that the Japanese are planning another attack. And this is the this is the story. This stars Luke Evans, Patrick Wilson, Woody Harrelson, Mandy Moore, Ed Skrine, Dennis Quaid, Darren Chris. Wait, really? Yeah, actually, Darren Chris, Nick Jonas, Aaron Eckhart. And it gives me vibes of Pearl Harbor, the movie Pearl Harbor, but better. This is directed by Roland Emmerich, who you would know from movies like Independence Day, The Day After Tomorrow, Godzilla, my favorite, Stargate. For the most part, I trust Roland Emmerich. The only time, in my opinion, that he truly shit the bed was Independence Day Resurgence, which was god-awful. But even his other movies that were kind of flops, I think are at least enjoyable, like 10,000 BC, 2012, The Day After Tomorrow. So we can look forward to this November 8th this year. And next, we have a movie that was announced two years ago. And some people even got advanced screenings two years ago. But it's only coming out now, and that film is called The Current War. The reason that this was delayed so long, it's because this was the movie that Harvey Weinstein was overseeing the editing of when the first shoe dropped in his being a creepy ass case. So it seems like the company held back on this going, no, we, we don't want to release this right now because it still has a stink on it. Let's wait for all of that to all of that to happen, which it did. And now they're releasing it going, okay, maybe now we won't suffer because of him. And I think it's good that they did this because I think this looks like a good movie. I only have one question about it. And it, it's this, are they going to show Thomas Edison for the monster he was? Because, you know, in school, we're all taught that Thomas Edison was this great inventor, but he was a bully who straight up stole ideas from people. And he tortured elephants to try and prove that Nikola Tesla's uh, electricity was dangerous like this guy is a monster and for decades we held him up as this great man so i hope this i hope this movie is going to show a little bit of that but you know in in america we don't really like our heroes to we don't like to find out our heroes are monsters just like christopher columbus i mean even now that is a little more popular knowing that christopher columbus was basically a huge piece of shit and a straight up murderer and I would even consider him a war criminal. But even then, if you talk about what a huge piece of garbage Christopher Columbus is, are people that fight back so hard for that. But anyway, this movie's not about that per se. It's about the, the battle between Edison, Westinghouse, and Nikola Tesla. And it stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Thomas Edison, Nicholas Holt as Nikola Tesla, Michael Shannon as George Westinghouse, also stars Tom Holland, Catherine Waterston, and it looks really good. This film comes out this year on October 4th. And finally, in the trailer trove, we have to talk about the new Charlie's Angels trailer. I wasn't recording at the time, which is why I think she spoke up, but Anne just said it looks terrible, and I mostly agree. I think this would do a lot better if they just got three women together and made a new spy movie completely new, did their own thing, and not try and slap the Charlie's Angels name on it. Because if you watch a trailer, pretend they're not the angels, pretend it's just a an action movie, pretend that Bosley's not in it, pretend Charlie's not in it, and it doesn't look bad. I mean, it doesn't look great, but it just, it looks okay. But then once you realize that it's a Charlie's Angels movie, I think that takes everything and just sinks it way down. I mean, this is directed and written by Elizabeth Banks, who I really like, but I think this is the wrong movie. The original Charlie's Angels TV show classic the charlie's angels from 2000 starring cameron diaz drew barrymore and lucy Liu, had the right amount of camp to it it was a campy action comedy movie which was a good throwback to the old campy tv show this one even though it's still a action comedy seems like it's trying to be too serious and here's the thing Kristen stewart is the only one i liked in the trailer I think that she is doing, she did a great job with this character. I would want to see this character in something else, not called Charlie's Angels. She is acting, she has emotions, and I believe it. The other two, Naomi Scott and 
Ella Balinska, I think, are just okay. They didn't really leave any impression on me whatsoever. And I like Naomi Scott. So I think, at least from the first trailer, this movie hits all the wrong notes. And the only good thing it has going for it is Kristen Stewart, who should just take this energy, take this character into a different movie. And I think it would be so much better. And this makes me sad that I'm saying this because I like Elizabeth Banks a lot and I want to support her as a writer and director, but I'm going to skip this so hard. This film comes out November 15th this year. Well, my future fans, let us take our break. And I'm sorry to do this. I'm just going to put all of the ads right here between the news and trailer trove and the movies just because we have four movies to talk about and even though i'm going to do a full talk about all of them it's not going to be long so we will be right back are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture well look no further somewhat nerdy radio is the podcast for you we cover nerd culture news new movie reviews bad movie reviews video games comics with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds in a Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Nerds in a Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Nerds in a Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of somewhatnerdy.com's Nerds in a Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds in the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds in the squared circle on somewhatnerdy.com there are several ways to raise money for a good cause some do it by running marathons some host high dollar dinners and some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, fuck. Yeah, the that I even come here for. With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f*** a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. See, that wasn't that bad, right? I know I have more ads right now than any other show in the network, but I just had to keep showing love to uh, Lisa and Robbie's show. So if you really hated having four ads in a row, let me know. And next time we have a short episode, I will break it up some more. But right now, let's talk about the movies, which are not broken up into two categories. And let's start with one called Phil. A depressed dentist in midlife crisis tries to learn why one of his happiest patients suddenly commits suicide, and a dark comedic adventure ensues. This stars Greg Kinnear from As Good As It Gets, Emily Mortimer from The Newsroom, Jay Duplass from Transparent, Robert Forster from Jackie Brown, Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black, Kurt Fuller from Ghostbusters 2, Luke Wilson from Idiocracy, and Bradley Whitford from The Cabin in the Woods. And I'm super torn about this movie because I love that cast. That cast is a great cast. I love me some Greg Kinnear. We don't see a lot of Greg Kinnear anymore. We need to see more Greg Kinnear. I like Emily Mortimer. I loved The Newsroom. It was a fantastic show. Bradley Whitford, Luke Wilson. Oh my God, this is this is an amazing cast. But the movie looks so meh. I do believe that it has a, in the heart of it, a good message that you never know who's depressed. This guy kills himself 
And the doctor or his, his dentist had no idea, just thinks that he's the happiest guy in the world. And I kind of wish just for the sake of this movie that it, that Greg Kinnear wasn't a dentist. I think it would have been better if he was like a butcher or a guy at a, at a dry cleaner or someone who would have seen this guy more than once or twice a year. It's, oh, this guy I see for his regularly scheduled visits is always so happy, but he killed himself. But you only see him like for what, half an hour every every year or so? I think it would have been better if he was like the owner of a restaurant that the guy frequented. That would have been better. But it seems like this film gets really weird because as he tries to figure out why this guy kills himself, he pretends to be a different ethnicity and gets a job like doing some work in the guy's house, pretending to be hired help to look into this. And then he finds out that this guy was being harassed by people for some reason. And then the cops come in and start investigating, find out he's not who he says he is. He gets arrested. And it just looks like a huge, uncomfortable cluster f that I don't think could possibly have a good enough ending to undo all of the crap that the movie is going to put Greg Kinnear through. I think this is an interesting idea with a good cast that's not going to be executed well enough. Phil gets a 4.5 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a documentary up next, which you know I'm not going to say much about. Or am I? Let's find out with Marianne and Leonard, Words of Love. This is an in-depth look at the relationship between the late musician Leonard Cohen and his Norwegian muse, Marian Elin. Um, no. No, I don't want to see this. Um, this could have been interesting. I mean, Leonard Cohen, really famous, of course. But all this movie is, is about the story of how Leonard Cohen met her. Oh, she's his muse. She inspires him. But you know what? her i'm gonna go off on my music career leave her behind but i love her so much and she loves me and it's supposed to tell us how these artists suffer for their art and how he had to go out and like no i don't buy that if you really really needed to be with this person if you love this person with all your heart and you needed to be with them then you would and you know what i'm not saying people who travel a lot like actors and uh, professional wrestlers sports sports people that they don't love their spouses but at least those people don't claim that their spouse is someone they can't live without and i'm not saying leonard cohen ever said that i'm just trying to explain the feeling i got from the trailer and the trailer shows us basically what to expect they meet they have a whirlwind romance she's his muse he goes off and starts a music career she dies he's heartbroken so I don't know how they were, it, like how what, what their actual story is. And I wonder if the documentary would even tell us, because it seems like the documentary is trying to sell us this love story when I don't really look at it as a love story. I look at this as the type of the type of relationship where it's just a, a flash in the pan, where they had something, they had something great but it wasn't great enough for him to stay. It wasn't great enough for her to go with him. They may have felt feelings for each other until the day they both died, but don't sell me on this on this love story bullshit. You want to do a documentary about people who were in love? Then I just listened to, not just, a few months ago, listened to the memoir of Martin Short. And even if you don't like him, I know people who aren't big Martin Short fans. They can't stand the guy, but he had a good story. I really liked his memoir and his, his relationship with his wife. That is love. And when she died, she died back in 2010. 12 2014 something like that it was heartbreaking for me listening to it i can and i can only imagine what he felt you know what? i don't want to imagine what he felt no thank you thanks though and i don't get this feeling from leonard cohen and marion elan and like i said nothing against them there are different types of love there's different types of relationships but the documentary's trailer tries to sell it like these two people who are just soulmates. And no, I, I don't buy it. I don't want to see this. I'm I'm familiar with Leonard Cohen, but not enough to want to see a documentary about him at all. If you're familiar with him, if you like his work, maybe check this out. But just remember, it's not so much about him as it is about them. Marianne and Leonard, Words of Love, gets a 3 out of 11.
All right, folks, we have two movies left, so let's get on with the first movie that's not the pick of the week, and it should be obvious what the pick of the week is. So let's just say that the non-pick of the week is called Midsummer or Midsommar, depending on who you ask. A group of friends travel to Sweden to a rural town's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly develops into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. You know, I don't know if it's just me, but when I think of pagan cults, I think of the Dragnet movie. If you remember with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks and they come back from that party dressed up, talking about everything and the pills go flying everywhere, that's what I think of. So this movie stars Florence Pugh from Lady Macbeth, Jack Rayner from Sing Street, William Jackson Harper from The Good Place, and Will Poulter from We're the Millers. Will Poulter, one of my favorite younger actors. I can't wait to see where his career takes him, but right now it's taking him in good directions. I think this movie looks interesting, but being an indie horror, it could go one of two extreme ways. It could go the way of The Babadook or It Follows and be awful. Or it could go the way of The Witch and be simultaneously hated and loved. But I think this does look interesting. It, it seems like a tired idea, but it looks like it's done well enough to stay fresh, even though the idea has been done to death. Ooh, a group of people on vacation stumble upon this remote village with some weird festival. Oh no, it's a cult. They're all going to die. Yeah, we've seen this movie a million times. I'm just hoping, and from the looks of the trailer, it looks like it will, but I'm just hoping it's going to be at least a little different, a little fresh. But I'm also still a little gun-shy because I remember watching the trailers for The Babadook and It Follows, and I was stoked. I even bought those films before I watched them. I was so stoked, and that turned out to be a terrible mistake because those movies were awful. I mean, both of them had promise. They really did did, but they just fell so short. They were both really good ideas that just failed on the execution. And The Witch is one of the movies that Anne and I just don't agree on. She thought it was awful. I really liked it. I asked a bunch of my friends and it's about split, but it's not that shocking, is it? Because that's the way most movies go. You're going to find people who love every movie or hate every movie. But it just seems so much more polarized when it comes to indie horrors. Because horror as a genre just seems like this genre we get so many movies from that it just seems inundated with uh, so many reboots, remakes, or movies that 100% steal their ideas from something else and just rename it. And just reminded me of a movie she saw. Did you actually see it? You actually saw it. Okay. A movie she actually saw called The Dead Walking. And in it, this dude wakes up from a coma in a hospital. And while he was asleep, the like, zombies took over the world. So we have this genre that, that at times seems so unfresh that we look at these indie films coming out as, as a hope. Maybe we'll see a breath of fresh air. Because even some hardcore horror fans don't like the like the new style of horror movies that people like James Wan and Bloomhouse are doing. So then we look to the, the the indie horrors to maybe bring something fresh, something great into the genre, but it's just as hit or miss as a wide release. So out of everything I've seen for this movie, out of all the trailers I watched, I want to see this. I think this looks good, but I've been burned one too many times when it comes to these indie horrors that I'm just going to 100% wait to stream it somewhere or wait for a friend to buy it and then borrow it and then I will watch it. If you're a fan of horror and you think this looks interesting, by all means, go check it out. It could be worth it. But for the rest of us, I say we wait. Midsummer gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, my future friends, it is time for the pick of the week and you should know what it is already because you know I like it when my pick of the week isn't the obvious blockbuster, but I'm also not ashamed to admit when it is because I love them, you love them, we all love them. The pick of the week is Spider-Man Far From Home. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. And I want to let you know that this will be spoiler-free for Avengers Endgame, which is another reason this is going to be a short episode, because I can't talk about everything I want to talk about, but I think any of you who are big enough fans of the MCU will, will know what I'm thinking. 
Like, I will say this, and again, not a spoiler, this movie will really deal with the fallout from you know what. But let's tell you who's in this. This stars returning MCU alumni Tom Holland, Zendaya, John Favreau, Samuel L. Jackson, Kobe Smulders, Marissa Tomei, and Jacob Batalone. New to the MCU are Jake Gyllenhaal from Brokeback Mountain, Angori Rice from The Nice Guys, Martin Starr from Silicon Valley, Remy He from Marco Polo, and Newman Akar from Homeland. Okay, what's not to love about this movie already? It has Tom Holland, it has Zendaya, it has Jacob Batalone, who is relatively new to a lot of us, but he's great, has Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, and I like Samuel L. Jackson and Kobe Smulders, though if they weren't in the movie, I think it would be just as good. Uh, just because I think the way this Spider-Man, the Spider-Man from the MCU is, I think that the characters played by Zendaya, John Favreau, uh, Marissa Tomei, and Jake, uh, Jacob Batalone play into it a little better. Spider-Man Homecoming really hit, well, home, that Peter Parker needs some growing up. Because remember, this isn't the adult Peter Parker we know from the comics. This is a I'm still in high school Peter Parker. A Peter Parker that I love, but is still vastly different from the one we're used to. Tom Holland's Peter is smart, but we, we don't see how smart he is, especially compared to Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, or Peter Parker. What he can do really well is just the really enjoyable, really quirky, really fun way that Spider-Man talks. Something that both the previous two Spider-Mans could do well. I think Tom Holland does it just as good, if not a little better. But I'm looking forward to seeing Peter Parker grow up into the Spider-Man, into the Peter Parker we know. But right now, I don't mind that these Spider-Man movies are still following him in high school. I really don't mind that just because it is something new. But I really do hope that Tom Holland stays around longer than like three Spider-Man movies and maybe he'll do one other crossover. I, I hope he stays around a little longer just because I would like a fourth or a fifth Spider-Man just to see him out of this high school Peter Parker persona into a Peter Parker that's more like the adult Peter Parker we know. And then when he's ready to go, when he's ready to step down, then we can introduce Miles Morales into the MCU and not just through a great movie, but still animated into the Spider-Verse. Because this is what I see happening. I see Tom Holland doing one more Spider-Man. I see him being in another Avengers or at least one other crossover. And then that's when I think the rumors are going to start spreading that he's done, that he's going to walk away soon. And then I, I think it may be true that he's thinking about it, but then hopefully Kevin Feige, the name I know how to pronounce now, that Kevin Feige will go to him or someone will go to him going, hey, we have an idea for a couple more movies. This is how the character is going to grow. This is what we're going to do. And hopefully then he will look at it like Chris Hemsworth does going okay you revitalized this character I am now interested in staying around a bit more because if they didn't get Taika Waititi for Thor Ragnarok if they didn't go a new direction with the movie I think Chris Hemsworth would have been done with the MCU now I think we would have seen the last of him I think he would have walked away just like a few of the original Avengers have so hopefully something similar will happen with Spider-Man. He does his third movie. He does another crossover. Maybe he's going to get a little tired and then he'll agree to do one more movie. They'll change things and he'll feel revitalized again. But you'll notice I'm talking a lot about the future and not what to expect from this movie because you know what to expect. We all know what to expect. We've seen the trailers. We know what this movie's going to be about. And because I still want to keep this spoiler free, there's a lot I can't talk about. Even though if you still haven't seen Avengers Endgame by this point, and you don't have a really, really good reason, like you're super broke and need to save money, like you had a tragedy in your family, which I hope you didn't, but unless you have a super good reason, it's really your fault right now for a movie this big. But as for right now, no spoilers. What I will say about Spider-Man Far From Home that is very safe to say is that we know Jake Gyllenhaal plays Mysterio. We know that this Mysterio supposedly is a good guy because he came from an alternate universe. We then can assume that this Spider-Man is introducing the multiverse to the MCU, something that was hinted at in Avengers Endgame. But there's also another possibility with this. We know, if, if you're a fan of Spider-Man at all, you, you should know, who Mysterio is. Mysterio himself doesn't have any powers. He is a CG guy. He's a special effects guy. 
He works behind the scenes in movies, and that's how it make, he makes it look like he has powers. So there's still the possibility that there is no multiverse mentioned in this movie, that everything that this Mysterio is saying is BS, and he's using his, his knowledge, all of his knowledge, to make people believe it, and that he is a bad guy in this. Because we do know that some of the elementals are bad guys in this. Or are they? Is it just something that Mysterio made up? And we know that, that Marvel is claiming that there's going to be one more villain in this movie that they have not even hinted at yet. So A, who is that villain? But also B, that villain could be Mysterio, but a villainous Mysterio that hasn't even been hinted at in the trailer. So that's one other reason that I'm so excited for this movie, is that we don't know where it's going. It could go anywhere like with other marvel movies even ones that i loved okay i've loved almost all of them but um in other marvel movies we know more what to expect going in first captain america red skull bad guy we know that captain america winter soldier winter soldier may not be the main bad guy but he is someone that captain america is fighting we know that in black panther it was killmonger we know that in avengers age of ultron it was ultron that's right there may have been other people in the movie. There still, there still may have been surprises in those movies, but we really knew what to expect going in. With this one, we could still know what, what's going on. We could still know what to expect and be right. Or we could be 100% thrown for a loop and that Marvel has done another really good job at hiding something from us. Because think of all the shit that went down during Endgame and how none of it was spoiled. Think of all the people involved, not just the actors, but the crew. Every single one of those people kept their mouth shut. And I bet you, A, it was part of fear from Retribution from Disney, but still, they kept their mouth shut, and so much of that was a surprise. Even things we knew that were going to happen, that logically had to happen for the rest of the movies to make sense, how it happened was still a big surprise. So more than almost every other Marvel movie before it, Spider-Man Far From Home has the possibility of being a total surprise. But the good news is that it looks like a good movie, so even if it doesn't surprise us like it could, I think it will still be at the very least entertaining. So I really want to see this. It's my pick of the week, and I'm going to give it a 10 out of 11. Well, my friends, that is it for the movies. Let us jump into the question of the week, and then I will think of a new one and then send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. So that question that I so wonderfully rephrased in the show notes and on Twitter is, just like in yesterday, you wake up and everyone has suddenly forgotten about the band or singer or artist that you know the best. Who did they forget about? Our first answer comes from Brian Q, good old Brian Q, who says, The Misfits pre-reformation and i like to think about what a different movie that would be if instead of the beatles the movie yesterday was about the misfits like i don't think the singer and songwriter would be invited on the tonight show but then again wouldn't that fit with the misfits like hard punk image so i think the movie would look totally different next up big d from big d movie hunter on the youtubes replied with prince now that is something that could fall somewhere between the yesterday with the beatles and then brian q's misfits prince is big not nearly as big as the beatles but i think it would get big and i think it would be a more uh, the movie would be closer to yesterday than it would be to a punk yesterday but also the feeling of that movie would be so different from prince's oozing sexuality and to see if the guy who plays him in the movie would try to give off that same vibe and would he be able to do it believably i almost forgot to check soundcloud and i'm so glad i didn't because i found that anthony r has answered anthony r thank you for the comment and he says i am not proud of this but i would have to say garth brooks my parents were big fans and would put on the cassette on any road trip and my friend i think we're probably about the same age just because you listen to cassettes in the car just out of curiosity what was your favorite cassette that you owned for me it was a ghostbusters one soundtrack i loved that and i played it so much and you know what do not be ashamed of garth brooks i remember when he was the biggest musical act i even remember when he was on saturday night live and i remember this one skit where there's a bunch of cowboys sitting around a fire talking about how hard it was to be a cowboy and then the camera panned to the side and you saw garth brooks sitting there 
in his get up with his guitar and his mic on and he says oh yeah it's so hard when the pyrotechnics go off and it's so hot so your makeup runs a bit all the cowboys were staring at him going what the hell are you talking about and then he went through like his emo phase Uh, he just looked emo but it was uh what was it chris Gaines? was that what he was called i just googled to make sure and it turns out that there was going to be a chris Gaines movie called the lamb that never came to be oh my god yeah sure i'd watch it just for shiggles he says lying secretly wanting a garth brooks movie no but seriously i I did like some garth brooks myself when i was a kid so once again thank you for your answer and if this if this little part sounds weird it's just because i had to record this answer after i recorded the rest of the show just because i forgot to check soundcloud so now back to the originally recorded show the next answer comes to us from Anne, who says the grease soundtrack of both movies okay i just want to watch someone try and sell the lyrics to reproduction this answer is allowed right to which i say yes yes it is and it would turn yesterday from a movie about this guy blowing up and becoming this huge music sensation to maybe someone becoming big on broadway well thank you all for those answers and it's time for my answer and for me, the band I know the best is a band called Parachute. Uh, their biggest hit would probably be either She Is Love or Kiss Me Slowly. And if that movie was made, unfortunately, if I was playing the main character, I would not get famous at all, but I would have a lot of loyal fans. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the new question of the week. And I couldn't think of one on my own, so I had to turn to my list of pre-written questions, and I found one that does fit. So here we go. Assuming they did a great job with it, which property would you like to see Disney acquire the rights to? And by property, it could be a movie, it could be a movie series, it could be a book, it could be a TV show. But just what would you like to see Disney acquire assuming they would do a great job with it so go wild with this pick your favorite book series pick a tv show you loved as a kid pick pick a defunct movie series go wild well ladies and gentlemen that is it for this episode of future flicks with billiam this has been episode 140 tentatively called spider-man all alone but we will see if that changes you can find me on apple podcasts soundcloud spotify stitcher google play and any podcast app as well as the somewhat nerdy website that is somewhat nerdy.com I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And then share the podcast. Share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow here. And then how do you reach me? Fantastic question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support the nerds on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes or on the Somewhat Nerdy website. Don't forget to check out Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds at the Squared Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also, don't forget to check out the website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.